We are currently in our sermon series, Vintage Christmas. During this sermon series, we will be looking at the old promises of the coming Christ. Well, welcome to Riverbank Community Church. I'm Pastor Travis. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen me before, I'm the pastor whose name just keeps coming out during the connection video. So that's me. Um, you guys are free to email me anytime you want, if, even if it doesn't have anything to do with an announcement video. <laughs> um, so again, we're in the series Vintage Christmas, and it's been a really cool series to go through because we've been going through a lot of passages from the book of Isaiah. And if you aren't familiar with Isaiah, Isaiah is a prophet, and he actually prophesies the coming of Jesus. So years and years and years and years and years before Jesus came, he actually said, this baby's going to be born, and he's going to be perfect, and he's going to be our king, and he's going to be our savior. Now, the hard thing about prophecies is that sometimes they're difficult to understand, uh, especially when they're coming years beforehand. And even when Jesus came, people still were not quite understanding what the prophecy of Jesus meant and what the prophecy of him being our king also meant. And so, and that's why, you know, vintage Isaiah, Old Testament, vintage. So we're doing vintage Christmas. And uh, I'm sure that you guys have already had your, um, just all these vintage Christmas things and ugly sweater parties and all that fun stuff. And, but we're talking about the vintage Christmas of, of the gospel and of Christ. And I want us to ask this question. Here's the main question. Do we celebrate Jesus's birth and Jesus's redemption? Do we celebrate Jesus's birth and redemption? And I'm asking this question because most people celebrate Christmas in some sort of way. If you've grown up in church your whole life, if you only went to church on Christmas Eve, um, even those who don't go to church, a lot of people celebrate Christmas. And I'm not sure if you knew, but Christmas Eve and Christmas are probably the most attended church days in all of the year. And so all these people come. I remember as a, as a child, when we, you know, Christmas would just fall on Sunday. And I remember hearing, no, 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 no. Get your nice clothes on. It's Christmas. We're not missing church on Christmas. You know, like, and that's like kind of the thing. Like, you can't miss church on Christmas. That's like the one day you can't miss. And a lot of people think Christmas Eve that way. No, no, no. We got to make Christmas Eve. It's the most important service that we go to. The rea reality is it's not the most important service. I love Christmas Eve. I love church on I love church on Christmas, but we don't just celebrate the event of Jesus's birth. We celebrate its entire wide view picture. Cuz the birth of Jesus is amazing, but what it means is even more amazing. And so the question, do we celebrate Jesus's birth and Jesus's redemption? And we'll look more into that as we go through this passage. But I just want to ask that we'll, we'll look at that. Now with that, let's read our passages from Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. And so we're revisiting of, uh, two verses that Pastor Joe went over last week. And we're doing um, another five verses. So let's just join me in reading this passage, Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Zophtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee to the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, and a light has dawned. 
You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As warriors rejoice when the dividing the plunder, for as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's boot used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of the government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on. And forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Join me in prayer for this passage today. Dear Lord, I ask that you come upon us today as we are celebrating your coming, celebrating your birth, celebrating your redemption. I ask as we go, we go through our sermon today that it will be you speaking and it will not be me. Asked as we look at your holiday, we will recognize what you did and what you continue to do in our lives. Please just bring us a little closer to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm curious, when was the last time you celebrated? I have a story, the last time I celebrated, it wasn't a holiday. Um, in the grander scheme of things, it wasn't very relevant, but for this year's college football season, it was a big deal. I was watching my favorite team, NC State Wolfpack, and they were playing their rival. And the game had reached a point where it was all but over. Like, I don't mean like, oh, we're not doing very well. I mean, it was over. Like, I was mad. I was like, kind of, I'm going to keep it on because I'm a fan. I'm going to watch it. But I'm going to start doing something else because I'm just mad. And there was less than two minutes left, and I witnessed a, I would call a football miracle. Not a real miracle, but a football miracle. That they scored two touchdowns with, like, one timeout left, which is unheard of, and won the game. And I remember when they scored the second touchdown, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I have a two-year-old, and my wife's asleep. So I'm like, oh. and I would do like, like silent scream, like, ah, 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 and like, just, just, I can't contain it. I can't do nothing, but I also can't scream because um, that would just ruin everything. And so I'm just so excited. I'm so, I'm just so ready. I'm like, it's amazing. And my dog's like, what's going on? <laughs> But that was like the last celebration. But we all have celebrations, right? Like we've got a celebration of like the unexpected Christmas bonus or the celebration that a family member came home and you didn't know you were going to see them or just, you know, miraculous healing. Like we've seen all of these things and we celebrate and we can't contain it. And I listed all these things that are a much bigger deal than my football game. Let me, perspective, I promise, I understand. But like, we get, we just like, I can't, I'm just so excited. And this passage that we're reading over today is talking about celebrating. And talking about celebrating in a way that's in epic proportions. And I want us to look at this and I want us to ask, why, why would Isaiah use this example of celebrating in this prophecy 
of a coming birth and of upcoming king. Let's go back into the passage, and we won't stay long in, in 1 and 2 because Pastor Joe did a phenomenal job of, of going over these two verses. But I did want us to just kind of touch on it for a minute and revisit something he said. It says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Zaphtali. In the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations. By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now I want us to focus on that. Walking in darkness have seen a great light. Pastor Joe had an awesome point that said, the light of Jesus is brighter than the darkest nights. That's, that's a powerful point. The light of Jesus is brighter than the darkest of nights. And I'm curious if we even celebrate Jesus' light. Like Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, but the star had shone for the, the kings to, to visit Jesus. So there was a light, there was a guiding light in the darkness. And they were going so that they could celebrate. Do we allow Jesus' light to one guide us so that we can celebrate? Because we live in a time where there are, where darkness is all around us. I mean, even in, 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 in this season of life, I know that there's been times where it just felt so dark. And I'm just like, what are we supposed to do now? And then we have to be reminded that the light of Jesus is brighter than the darkest of nights. And these next passages, and this is where we're going to spend more of our time. It says, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice in dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke, the burden that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's boot is used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Now, this is a really cool example when we think about it. He's giving us, and he gives us two examples, but like they rejoice the harvest. We rejoice the time where provision is provided. We rejoice when, when food is provided, when money is provided, when anything where we needed provision, we rejoice in it. Have you ever received something? Maybe, maybe it was an unexpected financial gift, and you were like, whoa, like I didn't know this was coming. This has come at the perfect time. We celebrate these things because God is providing for us, but this is a powerful example as, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. And I thought it was so powerful when he says that every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be the fuel for the fire. So the, the illustration he's giving is, is the army of Israel, after they've won a battle that's been long, that's been burdensome, that has, that has been hurtful and painful and even have lost, they would take every piece of garment they had that served as protection, that served in the war, and they would put it in a fire as if they were having one big bonfire to celebrate that the burden has been lifted, the victory is at hand. And I thought of like, man, like I've, I've been in a bonfire before and I've celebrated and had a good time, but like 
this is another level. And I thought of the, the battle that we have now, because we all have our personal battles. We all have things that we're battling right now. The burdens of this, of this world. And it, and it causes me to ask the question, do we allow Jesus to lift the burden? As Israel allowed Jesus to come into their life and lift them up to win, these, to, to win these wars, do we allow Jesus to lift the burden? And I would ask this question as well, do we celebrate Jesus as if he leads to victory? Do we celebrate Jesus as if he leads to victory? Because Israel in this time, in this, in this example he was showing, because the whole country of Israel knew of these celebrations of like, this is what you do when you win. When you win in the name of God, you celebrate and you take any reminder of what was a burden and you give it up. How many of us are giving up the burden of addiction? How many of us are giving up the, the, the burden of impurities? Or how many of us are giving up these burdens, giving them to Jesus of saying the wrong thing or with the wrong tone or working in our own manipulation to get what we want? Are we giving Jesus this burden, but are we also expecting victory in Christ? Because I'll be honest, there, there, are, there are battles that I've been through that I cannot even attempt to take on without the power of Christ. It's a losing battle. As I was watching that football game, it was all but lost. And I think of the one thing I didn't enjoy about that game was that I'd given up as a fan. I was, this is over. And I didn't even enjoy the first touchdown part of the comeback because I thought it was over. But in 30 years, that game will mean barely anything in the grander scheme of things. But how many times can I think back for me, or how many times can we think back that we just went on as if I can't even win? I, there's no point in even trying. I've already given up. And we forget the fact that Jesus leads to victory. It might not look like the victory that we always want, the, the battle might not even be everything that we expected. But if we're looking towards Jesus, it leads us to an amazing victory. And I can think of things going on in my life right now that this just doesn't seem like it's going to go the way I want. This just doesn't seem that we're going to get through. And I have to remind myself, do I celebrate a Jesus that leads to victory? Do I celebrate a Jesus that leads me closer to him in every aspect of who he is? Do we celebrate the Jesus as if he leads to victory? And we continue in this passage and it says, for to us a child is born, to us the son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of of his government and the peace will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness 
from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, in these two verses, there's actually two prophecies, not just one. The first verse, in verse 6, is the prophecy we've, if you've been at church for longer than two years, if at least one other Christmas, you've heard of the prophecy of Jesus, the prophecy of Christmas, worded in so many different ways. But it says, for to us the child is born, to us the son is given. And he gives him the name of Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Like, so we celebrate Christmas because Jesus came from a prophecy, right? But there's another prophecy here that one, Israel misunderstood, and then two, we constantly misunderstood or just don't remember of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and of his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice, righteousness from the time on and forever. This is the prophecy of the second coming of Jesus. So in the story of Jesus, we have Jesus's birth and we have Jesus's life and we have Jesus's dying sacrifice for us. But if we continue to read through scriptures, we also hear that Jesus is going to come back. And Jesus will rule forever. And Jesus will redeem the world in all of its brokenness. So anything we know about Jesus being good, anything we know about Jesus working in our life is actually a figment of just a tiny little bit of who Jesus truly is. Because we don't understand how good Jesus is going to be in the second coming and what redemption will truly look like. We get a taste of it. And let me get, the taste is great. Like, God's redeeming power in us now is great. But it doesn't compare to what is to come. And it reminds, it, it's the main thing of this question, do we celebrate Jesus' birth and Jesus' redemption? When I think of the power of God, I think, I, I do think, and I think of his redemption, I do think of my life. And I want you for a moment to think through your life because if you're just like any other person, they are friendships and relationships you have that were close at one time and you're not close, and even sometimes the heartbreak of a relationship coming apart. Have you, have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus' redemption is so powerful? There are people who you used to be friends with that you will be friends with again, and maybe you can't be friends with them now. Maybe the relationship is so difficult that you can forgive, but it's not healthy for you to be with them. That happens. That, that does happen. But there will be a day where we will be re redeemed to the point where we are united in Christ and everything is focused on who God is. I can think of relationships where people I haven't talked to or people that it's just drifted apart or disagreements, stern disagreements. And I'm like, wow. Jesus will even redeem that. Jesus redeems us from the soul and out. And he redeems all those around us. Now, to have this redemption, it is true, we, we do cling to Jesus. The redemption of Jesus is, is for those who, who embrace his birth, embrace his life, embrace his death and love 
which has us receive his redemption. Now and forever. So I ask the question, do we celebrate Jesus' birth and Jesus' redemption? Because I do think, I'm guilty of this. A lot of times at Christmas, I just kind of get lost in the season. Because I love Christmas. I love Christmas tree lights, white, multicolored, both on the tree. Love celebrating Christmas. But at times I forget that it's actually about the redemption that is offered now and forever. This redemption is offered now. And there is someone, if it's here or online or a friend of ours, I'm not sure, but there is someone who needs to be offered to celebrate Christmas for real for the very first time. Not just a checklist, not just to light a candle, not just to put the star on the tree, but to celebrate Jesus' redemption. And I say this in, in, in us of two ways of us handling this practically. It is one, that if anyone here is here and they're like, I've never celebrated Jesus' redemption, I would invite you to do that for the first time. But for us, yeah, like, you know what, you're right. Christmas is about Jesus' redemption. Who in our life needs to see that redemption? Who in our life needs to see us celebrating Christmas more than the holiday, but the actual redeeming action of our life. Because there is someone at your work, there is someone in your family, there is some friend you have who desperately needs redemption. And they're not going to see it if we don't share it. Now, guys, I could, we could pick apart different ways for us to share it all day long. I'm going to say this holiday season, allow the Spirit to move you and however you are called to share that redemption. That could be a prayer. That could be literally a gospel presentation. That could just be something that you know will help that person. But how through that can we celebrate Jesus' birth and Jesus' redemption? Because this Christmas shouldn't just be about, you know, a cool, a really cool vintage wreath that we have in our, like, image thing. Or, you know, just like, ah, oh, I just can't wait to get my present. I just can't wait to see my kids first Christmas. Which, listen, all great things. I'm super excited about my son's Christmas. But it really should be about Jesus' birth and Jesus' redemption. There's so much more in this season. And it should be running our life. We should be celebrating Jesus' redemption. Again, I got excited for a football game. And it's, it's not even a chance. Guys, my team's never going to win a championship. It's just, it was a rival game. I, like, I get excited about those things. But am I getting more excited about that? Are we getting more excited about things that are worth celebrating, but are we more excited about those than Jesus' redemption? We must celebrate Jesus' redemption. Let that be something that we celebrate this Christmas. I'm going to close in prayer. And again, I'm going to just ask, if there's anyone here who has questions about this, has questions about how do I truly embrace Jesus' redemption? Please, I'd love to talk to you. Pastor Chris would like to talk to you. If, if you have a community group leader, I know they would like to talk to you as well. So let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your power in redeeming, redeeming us. I personally thank you. Thank you for redeeming me. 
It was something that you did simply out of love. I ask that we will remember your redemption and we will remember that you lead us to the victory of redemption. If there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I ask that they will come celebrate your redemption for the very first time. And I ask this Christmas that we will let the world see that we don't just celebrate your birth, but we celebrate your life, your death, and your redemption. I pray this in your name.